Welcome to the EAT Podcast. It's episode number 38. I'm your co-host, Jerry. The other co-host over there is Russ. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm very excited for today. Late as usual, trying to put a few pictures onto the email so I can show them here. But All right, so tonight we got uh, we got Jordan Syatt on the show from Syatt Fitness. Going to bring him on the stream right now. Jordan, up, how boys? are you, buddy? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. I appreciate it. All right, so... So Jordan, very, you're very uh, happy here. Yeah. So if you're into fitness, if you're into weightlifting, nutrition, tonight's guest needs no introduction, but here we go. We'll try it anyway. His approach to training and nutrition is straightforward and to the point. No bullshit, no speculation. Jordan Syed holds a Bachelor's of Science in Health and Behavioral Science with a focus in strength and conditioning. Other professional credentials include being precision, precision nutrition certified, which claims to be the world's most respected nutrition education program, as well as being a certified coach at Westside Barbell, Louis Simmons Elite Invitation Only Strength Training Gym in Columbus, Ohio. In addition to fitness coaching, Jordan is also a freelance fitness writer as well. He writes for and has been featured in many publications, uh, including Muscle and Fitness Magazine, Men's Fitness Magazine, and TNation.com. Jordan holds five powerlifting world records three IPA powerlifting world records as well. He's got a deadlift record of 485 pounds. A couple other ones we're going to get into uh, further in this podcast. Total record weightlift of over 1,000 pounds. I can't wait to ask you about that. You're also well-known for being the personal trainer and fitness coach for Gary, Vayner, Gary Vaynerchuk, the chairman of VaynerX, CEO of VaynerMedia, the five-time New York Times bestselling author. Your social media platform following is well over 1 million as well. You're the host of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. And you're a 27th degree black belt in chugging coffee. Welcome to the EAT podcast, Jordan Syatt. The coffee one's my 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 most uh, decorated <laughs> achievement, I think. So after all that, the coffee is the one. That's that's the most important one, absolutely. After all that, we didn't get anything. We didn't get anything wrong, did he? I hope not. The only the only thing is that the deadlift record needs to be updated. I got up to 530. The 485 was was a good one, but I got up to 530 before I retired. But otherwise, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have the, to update that. We'll edit it. The 27th degree black belt is up to date. I have not gotten my 28th degree yet, but hopefully testing for that soon. <laughs> so Jordan, I gotta say, we started this podcast last April, and you put out. I want to say late April or early May last year, one of your Instagram videos or a story you put out said, hey, I'll go on any podcast. I don't care what your following is. If it's a million, if it's one, I'll come yeah, on and talk about myself. 50. Yeah, I think our following was like nothing at that point. We just started. We were basically three weeks in. So we reached out to your, you know, your reps and you, and uh, we got a, an email back saying, hey, yeah, Jordan will come on. But uh, with the, the video he put out, it went viral. The following and ask of coming on podcast got, you know, better than we expected response. So Jordan is available next March. <laughs> we were like, uh, okay, if we still got a podcast, we're good to go. We're going to do it, but let's schedule them. So here you are. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. So th thanks for waiting all this time. I appreciate it. Oh, it was great. All right, so you're a Massachusetts guy, right? We're from New York, so we got that whole sports rivalry thing going on. So, so I grew up outside Boston. Then uh, I, I lived in Israel for a few years. I went to school in Delaware. Then uh, I went back to Israel. Then I actually lived in New York City for five years, and now I'm uh, now I'm in Dallas. Okay. So let me ask you: Are you uh, you diehard Red Sox? Do, do you bleed green with the Celtics? Are you, are you following the Boston sports scene? Or with all your travels, did you pick up any sports anywhere else? I got to be honest; I couldn't name a single player on any <laughs> Boston sports team right now. But I like I, I grew up with it, and it's one of those things where when I was a kid, 
I still like, I've always been athletic and an athlete, but I hated watching sports. And I like, I, I had to pretend like I enjoyed it when I was younger because all of my friends and Boston friends, they loved it. And they were like, oh yeah, Super Bowl. And I'd be like, oh, I love the Super Bowl. And I like, I hated it. It was just growing <laughs> up, like I didn't care. The only sport that I actually love watching is mixed martial arts. Like UFC, Bellator, all that. I love mixed martial arts, but any other sports that I have no idea. Okay. So let me ask you, you're the, you're the personal trainer and fitness coach for Gary V. I mean, the guy's got a huge following, huge success story. Uh, you trained him for what, about three years or so? Let me ask you, when that, uh, I saw somewhere that he messaged you and you were like, he, yeah, I, watched, message, I, watched, I was watching. The message was like, are you ready? <laughs> I think your was, response was, who the fuck is this? Yeah, who is Correct. this? <laughs> Correct. Did yeah, because. Did you have any idea who he was? Did you send him a message like, hey, I want to train you? Or was this something that was sent to you totally blind? Then you were like, all right, who the F? No, so I knew who he was, but I didn't send him a message. No, um, his team reached out to me because he was looking for a new coach. And okay. I was living in Israel at the time. And I was like, there's no way that like this is real, any of that. Um, but I ended up, it, it, they were like, hey, no, we need you to, we want you to interview with Gary to see if you'll coach him. And uh, so I flew from Tel Aviv to New York. I was there for like 36 hours. I coached Gary, flew back, and I didn't hear anything for six weeks. Like I, <laughs> I, I heard nothing. And so I was just like, I assumed I didn't get it because I thought I would have heard before then. And then all of a sudden I get a message from an unknown number saying, uh -huh. are you ready? And I was with, I was in my buddy's house in Haifa and in the north of Israel. And, and I said, who the fuck is this? And then Gary sends me a picture of himself shirtless and flexing. And that's how I found out I got the job. So let me ask you, you tra training him. He's got a big following. He's a big success story. Does that get tiring with everything that he's got going on? Or when you're with him, does, does he zone all of that out? And it's just you and him one-on-one. -on -one? Like does the, the noise around him get involved in that? Or is it hard to exclude that? Yeah, so so I'll, I'll start by saying I don't coach him right now. I coached him from June 1, 2016 to June 1, 2019. It was a three-year deal. Now my buddy Mike Vacanti coaches him. Um, Gary was very good at, at – Gary's probably the best in the world at delegating. Okay. And so basically anything that he needs done that he doesn't want to do, he hires out. So I was the person that he hired out to. So basically my job was to make sure that work wouldn't interfere with his okay. workouts. So there were times where, you know, he'd be there on, and he'd be on his phone and I'd have to be like, get off the phone, let's go. And I'd have to like push him to, to do Give that. Me Give me the phone. Yeah, exactly. And, but to his credit, like he, he was very good about it, about doing it himself, but that's why he delegates out so that he can have someone else force him to do the things that he doesn't want to do, or he just doesn't have to do it at all. But you know, for the, and he's open about it. He hates working out. Like it's his least favorite thing to do in the world. So he hired me and he hired Mike to be his, his literally in-person coach, wherever he went, I went, if he was in Hong Kong, I went to Hong Kong. If he went to Germany, I was in Germany. If he went to Ireland, I was in Ireland. Like we were in airplanes and hotels more than we were actually in New York city. So it was seven days a week for three years straight, nonstop, and uh, yeah, it was insane. We so got to see part of the world. Yeah, I was saying you definitely saw a lot of great stuff. Was uh, was was there a place you haven't been? I mean, traveling the world with him has got to be great. Is there a place you haven't been yet that you want to be? I would love to go to a bunch of places. I mean, the thing about traveling with Gary, and he'll be the first one to say this. We, I'll give you an example. <laughs> one trip we went from New York to Ireland. 
Uh, we were in Ireland for eight hours. From Ireland, we went to Amsterdam. We were in Amsterdam for about 16 hours. From Amsterdam, we came back to New York. We were in New York for less than 24 hours. Before we went to LA, we were in LA for 48 hours. So it's like, yeah, yeah we're traveling a lot, but it's not like Gary's stopping to fucking go and like sightsee. You know, he's not going to to museums and all that stuff. It's it's work. It's all business. So, I mean, I remember I went to Hong Kong and luckily I was in Hong Kong for 48 hours. So I was able to go on a hike with a friend there and I saw a little bit of stuff, but the vast majority of times, like we'd go to, we'd go to London, we go to London like once every six weeks or so and go to London. I'd like the way I do it, I was, co I would coach him in New York in the morning. Mm -hmm. And immediately after that, I would go to the airport, fly to London ahead of time. And then he would take the the red eye to London. So then the next morning I would have the gym all set up and ready to go. And then okay. if that was the it, I would immediately fly back to New York. So I might have an afternoon in London, maybe two. Oh, but so like, you weren't doing anything either. It still seems like a lot of pressure that you had to get all this ready and just yeah, you yeah. had to be on top of your game. You, you know, gotta find him. out what gym he's gonna go to. You gotta make sure you have the guest passes ready to go. You gotta make sure like you're in a place where he can work out where people aren't all like, oh Gary, 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 because everywhere you go, like people recognize him and everything. So it was it was a lot. <laughs> so let me ask you, he's got you know Gary is huge with the following he's got. Is that is that the biggest client you've had? First part of the question. And the second part, who is the biggest client that you wish would call you and say, hey, come work out with me? Who's who's the bucket list dream? dream? Yeah. So Gary's by far the, the the most popular client I've ever had by far. And I mean, okay. it's funny because I remember when I when I started with Gary, I think he had like 500,000 followers on Instagram and <laughs> now he's got like over 9 million, you know, yeah. so it, it was cool to sort of watch that growth. Um, to be honest, there's no if I had like a bucket list client, it would probably be an athlete in the in the in the mixed martial arts world. Um there's this one guy, Mike Chandler, who's just a fucking savage of a fighter who like, I would love to work with. I, it's weird because I literally had a dream about a week ago that Mike Chandler called me up and asked me to be his coach. So like, <laughs> it, it, for me, it's less about how big of a following to have and more just like, who do I really, really, really want to work with? Like, who do I think my, my style jives with, like personality wise? And Gary was a great fit for that. And I, I tried to get Gary into jujitsu and Gary actually got into boxing a little bit. He loves boxing. Uh, hope, hopefully we can, I still talk to him now and again. I want to get him in a jujitsu a little bit, but, but we'll see. Yeah, I see some of your posts. You love to, you love to roll on the mat. Yeah, man. It's my favorite. I want to I I get my little man into it. He loves, oh, he loves you should. it. He, How he, old is he? He's 24 now, but he is, a boy. he's, he's basically macho man with a line of Coke in him. So he just, he just <laughs> wants to wrestle and just body slam everybody. And I felt like uh, my daughter did karate and she, uh, it, for her, it was a glorified jazzercise. So I was like, keep yeah. doing that with him. I said, jujitsu yeah. is a perfect example of a mixture of wrestling, wrestling and self-defense without being aggressive. And, and I Correct. said something, something really good for him. Yeah, dude, there are, there are four year olds in some of the classes in the gym that I go to. Man, you should get them into it. Like it's well, it's his amazing. thing is li listening. So <laughs> I think we at least need another year for him to actually start listening to us. Um, all right, so Jordan, what got you into weightlifting? You know, specifically powerlifting. Was that something that you just started watching on TV, reading some books? Like, what was the uh, what was the whole backstory on that no so i started wrestling when i was eight years old you know so okay. I, I come from a, a very short i'm only five foot four i'm a short dude uh short jewish guy you know like i'm like my mom was very worried that my brother and i were going to get picked on so when i'm eight years old my mom comes in the living room and she's like i'm putting you both into wrestling 
And the only wrestling that I knew of at the time was WWE. So I remember I was lying on the couch and I was like, you want yes. me to hit someone with a chair? She was like, no, you idiot, like Olympic style wrestling. But I was eight. I had no idea what that was. So uh, she put my brother and I into wrestling and I fell in love with it. I was just absolutely obsessed with it. And so by the time I got to high school, I made varsity as a freshman. I beat a junior out for the varsity spot. But uh, I was good from a technique perspective and an endurance perspective. But as a freshman, I'm like 14 years old going up against mainly 17, 18 year olds on varsity. So my strength wasn't where it needed to be. So I actually, I, I found a gym a couple of towns over from me in Newton, Massachusetts, and I just wrote them an email and I was like, I'll take the trash out. I'll clean the floors. Like, let me just come and learn from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately they let me come. And second, it's, they were, they were equally science-based. So I was really lucky from 14 years old. I got into a very science-based gym that is not usual. Even nowadays, most gyms aren't science-based. Most of them are, they, they're just marketers and they don't really know what they're doing. So I was really lucky and, uh, and that's sort of how I got into it and I fell in love with it. All right, okay. awkward silence. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, Ross. Go ahead. Um, all right, so I guess I'll take over a little bit here. Um, I had, you know, I was telling Jerry all about you. I, I'm, I'm one of the reason that we reached out to you is uh, um, I, I love a lot of the things you preach. And I'll, I'll get into my story with you later, but one of the big things that I like to show people is uh, your Big Mac diet. Oh, yeah. About, you know, understanding that you can still eat your favorite foods and, you know, still lose weight and, and, Tell us a little bit about that, considering that, you know, you, you know, like me, I'm a, I'm a fat bastard. So me losing seven pounds over a month is, is pre- I guess, pretty easy for the most part. But for you, that's a tough challenge. And eating a, a Big Mac a day is, you know, how did, how did that all work and how did that all come about? Yeah. So basically, you know, you could show people scientific research all day. But the first, first and foremost is you can find a study to confirm anything you want right? Like there's always a study out there to confirm whatever it is you want to confirm. So I could say, Hey, listen, calories are the most important for weight loss, but then someone else is going to say the exact opposite and they'll have a study to confirm it. So I was tired of, of just showing people studies and, and having all that. So I decided I'm fuck it. Like I'll show them, like I'll literally show them that you can eat your favorite foods in moderation and still lose weight. And my biggest, like the, one of the things that really drove me to do this was the, the movie documentary supersize me which basically yeah. de- it, it basically demonized all fast food and specifically McDonald's, but it was, it was the most cherry picked uh, narrative driven uh, piece of propaganda I've ever seen in the food industry. And it's massively contributed mm-hmm. to disordered eating habits. And like, it's, it blows my mind that people still, they still have kids watch that in high school and stuff. So basically I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This guy ate nothing but McDonald's for 30 days. He was required for some reason to say yes. Every time they asked him to supersize it, it's like, you're an adult. You can say no thanks. I don't want to supersize it, motherfucker. Like he, he was act. He played the victim here. He played like it was. He basically he gained an unbelievable amount of weight only eating McDonald's. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll eat McDonald's every day. I will have one Big Mac every day, and I will lose weight. And the whole purpose was to show people that you can enjoy your favorite foods in moderation and still lose weight and live a healthy, happy life. Because you know, I have clients and people who who tell me every day. I feel guilty for having a slice of pizza at my daughter's birthday party, or I feel guilty because I had some cake at at, uh, my nephew's graduation ceremony, whatever it is. And I'm like, if we're talking about health and understanding that mental health is a part of this, that's not a a good relationship with food to feel guilty about having a slice of pizza at your daughter's birthday party, or to feel like you have to make up for the damage that you've caused and then like run seven miles. Like this is nonsense. (laughs) So 
I I ate one Big Mac a day every day for 30 days. And I, that wasn't all I ate. I ate uh, more in my diet as well, but I, I was required to have at least one Big Mac a day every day for 30 days. And I lost seven pounds in 30 days. And like people freaked out. They could not believe that that actually happened. They were like, they, they would, it, the first like couple weeks they were, they were losing their minds when they saw me losing weight, eating, eating a Big Mac a day. And, uh, that's why I did it. Cause I was like, sometimes you have to do something extreme in order to prove a simple point. And, and but I can show people studies people, all day, but people always won't, people won't accept new things until they actually see the results. Yeah. It's like saying, yeah, it's right. paper. And, and honestly, that's kind of what happened to, to me a little bit. Cause it's ex oh, I'm going to say something that you're probably going to just cringe about, but oh boy. Uh, here we two, go. Two, two years ago I did keto and it was actually because of you. Okay. And you're, your message was basically whatever, whatever it was carnivore diet, keto. He was like, just fucking your message was just fucking do something rather than nothing. Yeah. I said, fuck it. I'm going to try keto. And I lost 62 pounds and we're probably looking at me now going, where did it go? But, uh, but anyway, but at first people were like, what all my coworker, I'm an iron worker. So guys, in, you know, break were like, what the fuck are you eating? Like you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're eating, you know, meanwhile, I was eating a giant salad every day, but everybody's like you're eating fucking bacon and eggs for breakfast like and like, you got butter in there like what, what are you doing but then as it progressed people did start to believe but i'll, I'll get into more of that later but that's why people didn't believe it until they actually saw the results that's all and so are you still doing it uh no i, I, I well you know what i might as well just get into my little story now so part of the reason i, I follow you is because your approach uh like i said with the big mac diet of I, me personally, I have, I'm an extreme binge eater. Okay. I, I am an emotional eater. Okay. I, I, I eat when I'm sad. I eat when I'm happy. And I am, I'm a yo-yo dieter. And it's, and it's like you said too, I would feel guilty about eating an Oreo and that would ruin my entire fucking day. Yeah. And what do you call it? I basically have lost 60 to 70 pounds at least five or six times in my life now. Got and it. I kind of get mad at myself because even doing keto, I, I, I did it for six or seven months and lost 62 pounds. I went back to eating regular and I started lifting again and I got pretty happy. I was fucking, I was hitting a 365 bench. I, I was, I hit my maxes in squat and deadlift, which were 465 and I was fucking doing great. And then I, you know, work kind of got in the way. I started, you know, drinking all the time and, and I put it all back on and I've had, had this issue of this for my whole life. And it goes back to keto was awesome for me, but it didn't change my relationship with food. I was eating these high mm. fat foods that kept me, you know, that's the one thing I, I kind of disagree with, with. I know you're good. You know, you know, Lane Norton, obviously. Yeah. 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 To me, there is a difference between eating a regular balanced diet and keto. The, the high fat foods kept me satiated for longer periods. Yep, yep. It changed my relationship. I was just eating these high fat foods and it wasn't changing me as a binge eater. It was just a different form. So I realized mm. that while I lost the weight with keto, it's it's not healthy for me because it didn't mm -hmm. change me at all. It's kind of like uh, my sister doing the, the gastric bypass. It's a whole different thing. It didn't change the way she ate. Correct. It forced her to lose weight. So I've been doing these for years and lifting. And, and I got, yeah, I, I, right now I, I ballooned back up to 380 in December. I okay. carry, well, I, mean, I know you can see I'm a big guy, but I, I started, I guess over the last few weeks, 
going with your approach again of just not eating like an asshole. And I'm already yeah. down 15 pounds. And I, I wow. Kind of, you know, and that's not with really trying. I haven't even been back to the gym. I haven't touched the gym in six months. And that's a lot of me because I'm almost embarrassed of what I got back into. Uh, and my goal is I, I need to beat this. And I really want to talk to people as well and help them because the way we think as a, as a big person is, is the average trainer doesn't. People who have been morbidly obese. And they don't understand what it's like to taste a burger a Burger King Whopper in your head. I can fucking taste it if I want to. <laughs> it's crazy. And to have that little demon on your shoulder. And like you said, of having that problem of, oh, fuck, I ate an Oreo. I just ruined my whole fucking diet. Yep. And I've had that my whole life. And, you know, like we'll go to places. I can't go to the mall and buy a fucking shirt. I got to buy it at DXL. I My boss wants to go to fucking a diner for break. That's great. I can get a good meal there. But I'm always like, do they have booths or tables? Because I'm mm. worried about sitting down. So I, I got my own issues. And like I said, is I like what you put out as far as, you know, if you just eat a balance, you can eat things you want, but don't eat like an asshole. Learn a healthier relationship with food and you can have an enjoyable life, you know, and, and, and even things of like, you know what? I want to put mayo in my sandwich. It, if it makes me enjoy it more, those yeah. extra 100 to 200 calories are not going to make me binge eat later because I enjoyed it more. Or if I Correct. eat two Oreo cookies after dinner, it's not going to kill me rather than not eat them. And then two hours later, I'm like, fuck it, I'm starving and I'm downing a pint of ice cream. Yeah, you, you're 100% on point. In fact, sometimes even the harder you restrict, the worse the binge will be later on, which and, like, you're exactly right. And he knows me. Uh, oh, Jerry, Jerry knows me. Yeah, no, I, I'll tell you. Of like, I would bring over grilled chicken and, 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 and rice and, and when I was on a kick and, and, and broccoli and I wouldn't want to eat what everyone else is eating. And at the same time, say I would do the same thing. I'd go a couple of weeks and then I'd blow up and have a monster weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we would, you know, barbecue ribs, you know, chicken, burgers, hot dogs, whatever. And then there's Russ, you know, with his grilled chicken, some salad or whatever else he's got with the little plan he's doing. And then a few weeks later, you know, you would see the things completely changed. The, the, the switch was flipped well, and like we're I right said, back to, you know, drinking pints of beer and doing our thing. Like, well, like, like I it said was too, yeah, I, I, I really need to beat this. And I've been yo-yoing for years. And like I said, is I want to, I want to talk to people like myself because your average trainer has never been morbidly obese, doesn't understand the mindset of they want everything. Oh, go organic, do this. Like, all right, well, if I have my eggs and I put, you know, shredded cheese, I don't care that they're processed. Eating the cheese makes me enjoy it more. Yeah. You know, rather than organic, fresh made fucking goat's milk, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, these, a lot of these people need to lose the weight rather than worry about being so strict, you know? Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent with you. And I think yeah, that you're, you're completely right. I love you. I love your attitude with it, man. A hundred percent. But again, I'm back here. I, I got to get on that wagon and, and, I, I need to do it, you know, the right way. And just, I need to establish that healthier relationship with food. So, you know, uh, what, some unsolicited advice that I would give that that's, I've seen help a lot, a lot, a lot of people. So for example, my brother, my brother, I don't know if you know, do you know my brother Lee Syatt by chance? I, I've heard the name. So he, uh, so he, do you know Joey Diaz, Joey Coco Diaz? No. Oh. So he has a huge podcast. Him and my brother have like a massive, massive podcast. But my brother was, uh, he was like super overweight. Like he's my height, 5'4", and, and and he was like, 
I think like 350 or something. And uh, he literally just lost about 150 pounds over the last like year, year and a half or so. And uh, and one of the the biggest things that I've seen work well for people, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. When I was a younger coach, I my advice would be nutrition first, exercise second. And the reason I said that was because you not you're not always going to be able to exercise based on any number of reasons. And nutrition really is the driver of fat loss. It really is. Um, in recent years, I've changed it to exercise first, nutrition second. And what I mean by that is just start starting with walking, walking for, and the reason is because sometimes if you're not working out, you're not exercising, whatever, and you have like one slip up with your nutrition, it's easy to get in your head and say, fuck it. It's not worth it. But I found behaviorally when people, even if they're just walking 15 or 20 minutes a day, that little walk makes it worth it for them to keep, to stay on track like that, as if they put in a little bit of physical activity in their brain. Now they're like, Oh shit. Like I I've worked out today. I've put in effort. So now it's worthwhile for me to not like let this one Oreo turn into 50 Oreos. And so, and not to mention if we're really talking about health, man, the, the amount of data coming out recently about total steps per day and all cause mortality is fucking mind blowing. The amount like that, literally never mind strength training, never mind hit cardio class, never all that. All we're going to talk about is steps per day. If we look at steps per day, the, the rate of all cause mortality drops enormously with every thousand steps that you take per day. So like wow. it, what I would just like dramatically, it's fucking crazy. So if all you could do is just maybe get to about between three to 5,000 steps a day, just to start off with, which like, it's not that much walking, like maybe a total of about 30 minutes or so spread oh, throughout probably the day. Do that on a job site. And I, I, I think you've touched on it the other day. I watched that you talking about like, even somebody like me, who's so big that even just walking for me, I'm already probably in the zone too already. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Man, if you could make that your priority. Holy shit, that that would be massively important well, for I've you. I've been trying lately too. Like today, like I got out of Penn Station, I walked to 45th and uh, Fifth Avenue. 20 okay. minutes walk. I also have the city bike. I, I in the summer I ride oh, the amazing. city bike around. So I, I've been trying to do things here and there. But like I said, I, I I've been yo-yoing so much. I I just I kick myself to where I am because for all the years I've spent in the gym and, and eating foods, and I'm back to square one pretty much. Yeah, like well, like Russ said, I mean, I, as Russ's best friend and someone who's seen him throughout, I don't know, it's been what 25, 30 years, Russ. It's been crazy. I've watched Russ drop almost a hundred pounds, like you said, five times, and yeah. then put it back on again. And it's like, all right, you got this. Come on, you've done this before. Let's do it and let's stick with it. And you know, I'm I'm not a big guy like Russ, but I'm a big guy, so I'm about two forty. I'm about okay. five ten. It, let me ask you. So, someone like me, is it as easy? And this is going to come out. I'm not a weightlifting guy. I'm not a fitness guy. I'm not a, so just let me preface it with all that. Is it as easy as walking 5,000 steps, eating like grilled chicken and a salad twice a day and, you know, drinking a whole boatload of water? Is it that simple for someone like me? Obviously, I'm on a, I'm on a different plan than Russ because of, you know, Russ is bigger than me and I'm different. But for someone like me who's not like Russ, what's the easiest way to get into it? Because I'm not active. I'm not, you know, I sit at a desk. I, I do a podcast. I do this. I'm not I'm not walking and, and I'm not active. Yeah, I mean, so – Russ, Russ will tell you, like he, he knows my content probably better than anybody, but the, the thing for me that dictates whether or not something is a good idea or a good plan is based around whether or not you can sustain it over the long term, okay. like that. So like if, if you walking 5,000 steps and then eating two grilled chicken breasts a day and eating a, and drinking a fuck ton of water isn't sustainable for you, then that's a shitty plan. 
Okay. Cause I, I don't want you to do that for two weeks and then say, ah, fuck it. I'm done. Cause mm -hmm. frankly, that sounds like a miserable plan to me. Like I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Like that just would suck. <laughs> um, so what I would say is I would definitely have a step number, like a minimum step number to go for every day. Um, like for me, my, my minimum step number is 10. I'm probably about 10,000. I'm about okay. like, I'm about like 80, 85% consistent with that. Sometimes I go over, sometimes I'm slightly under, but I'm, I'm usually pretty consistent with it. Um, but that's where I'm at now. Whereas before I would say start with like three to 5,000 steps a day. Okay. Obviously, yeah. Drinking as much water as you can. Like I, I literally, I just drank this, I don't know, Topo Chico. And then I have this water bottle. I usually like three or four of these a day. Um, I try and have one salad a day and then for everything else, I just try and have, like try and put some protein in all of my meals, whether it's chicken, turkey, fish, like for, for lunch today, I had a big salad and then I had a, uh, you know, I'm Jewish. So I had like bagel and lox. Right. It's like, that wow. was, that was my lunch. Right. No, it was like no, no red onion on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the cream cheese. And, and, uh, I didn't have any red onion. Well, let, me, let me ask you a quick question then. You, you living in New York as well. You know, damn well, that's a $25 sandwich in New York city. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I, now I just get the bagels. bagels the, I just get the bagels in the grocery store and then the, the smoked salmon. I have it in my, I, that's been my lunch every day for the last like month and a half. It's good, but, but uh, you know, you get that on a toasted everything bagel in New York City. God damn, it's you know. it's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> the issue with what they do in New York is that they put the uh, they put enough cream cheese on to feed like a family of eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's way too much, which like I love because I love cream cheese, but like there's enough calories on there to feed you for a month. So yeah, like it's uh, but yeah, I mean, but that's also the thing is like for me, I, I just even mentioned nonchalantly, this has been my lunch for the last like month and a half. So the, if you look at people who are the most successful dieters and maintain a healthy body weight, they usually eat the same things over and over and over and over again. And it's because they can see these shifts in their body weight. And so then they can adjust their foods based on what's going on. So if you're changing what you're eating every day, then it's going to be very difficult for you to know how much you're actually eating. But okay. my breakfast is almost always the exact same. My lunch is almost always the exact same. And then my dinner is whatever my wife makes. And so it's, it's pretty standard. Well, that's what we started doing here too, is our, our dinner is like, we do Taco Tuesday, but I'll use 93% lean ground beef. And you Perfect. posted the other day, those, the, the mission, the carb control balanced wraps. Yeah. And it's not really about the carbs. It's they're low in calories and they're full of fiber. Yes. So I do exactly. that reduce fat shredded cheese some reduced fat sour cream. Cause I, obviously all the, the fat's going to add up. There's still fat in it. And no, I make two nice size burritos and then. You know, my breakfast pretty much stays the same. Um, I eat an egg and I have oatmeal with blueberry, okay. strawberry, banana, and fruity pebble protein powder by Diamond. I love that. That's Shit. awesome. It's, it's it's only 110 calories a scoop. And dude, it's the best oatmeal in the world. But for me, though, I can stay consistent with all that with lunch. It's when I come home and I get mm. that little bit of boredom. I don't go to the gym. And yep. you know, you'd be, you'd be amazed at the amount. My, my wife's like, how the fuck are you hungry still? And meanwhile, <laughs> I like, I'm not kidding. I, I'll eat like six slices of pizza, half a chicken roll, you know, you know, a couple garlic knots, a, a pint of Ben and Jerry's. And she'll be like, honey, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> I mean, this, I believe it. Like there's nothing you could say that would surprise me. Like I've, I've worked with thousands of people, like people who struggled with like legit, legit binge eating, which I'm sure like it, it sounds like you do as well. It's uh, it wouldn't surprise me, and, and you'd you'd probably be surprised at how common it is. 
I think one of the important things, the important thing that you recognize is, is where you're struggling the most, which sounds like when you get back from work and like you, you had, so, so here, this is the fact that, you know, that's where you struggle most. This is actually really important because a lot of people, what they try and do is they try and eliminate a habit, right? So your habit right now is this binge eating at a certain point in the day, right? It's much harder to eliminate a habit than it is to replace a habit. So instead of, of you just trying, all right, I just want to stop doing this. You have to find something to replace it with, right? So, so it could be anything. It could be going on a walk. It could be going to the gym instead. It could be it like- It used to be going to the gym for me and I, I do need to get back to it, but- I would say, honestly, I, I, would, I would say start going to the fucking gym, man. Like, like it's going to be super hard, but man, there's no better feeling- then just, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to do, I'm just going to go to the gym. And what you can say is this, this is actually really important. You could say, if I want to binge when I get back from the gym, cool, I can do it. But first go to the gym. And that's one of the keys here is if you just say, no, no binge, no binge, no binge, it gets harder and harder and harder for you to not, not do it. If I say, don't think about a white elephant, all you're going to think about is a white elephant. <laughs> if, if you say, don't binge, don't binge, don't binge, and it's in your head, it's going to get harder and harder and harder not to. But if you say, I'm just going to go to the gym, and if after that I want to binge, cool, you're welcome to. You don't even have to fucking work out. You can literally just go to the gym work and out come and back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just go to the gym and come back. But like, just go do something and replace that habit. You have to replace it. Don't you can't eliminate it. It has to be replaced with something. So staying on uh, food for a little bit here. What do you think are probably the? What do you think are probably the biggest misinformation of supplements and food, or like organic versus conventional? And like people like tout like, you know, all these different supplements, and and and, and again, it goes back to my knowledge with Lane that you really have only a handful that are actually viable supplements, you know, your beta yeah. alanine, your, your creatine, you know, your, you know, CLA, but it's also, I, I think you said it a long time ago. Um, if your diet is not on point, there's no point in you taking supplements. Correct. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misinformation out there though, among food these days and the organic conventional and just in general? Man, there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, in terms of supplements, you're 100 like it's in the word. It's supplement. It's supplemental. Uh, it's if your nutrition isn't already in check, if your sleep isn't in check, if you're not, if your strength training isn't in check, the la you should not be going to GNC or vitamin shop looking for shit. Like first, get your your habits in check. Number one. Um, in terms of organic versus conventional, this is a massive debate right now, and some people get pissed at me whenever I say this. But so I I used to think that organic was better. I used to like firmly believe that. Uh, then I went to school for it. Like, this is what I went to school for. This is what I learned. This is what I studied in school. Um, organic is a marketing piece is, is marketing bullshit is really what it comes down to. Um, it's fucking nonsense. And a lot of the people who, who are like very pro organic, pro organic, they have no idea what actually goes into conventional farming. They don't understand that. So people who think that they're, that organic is better, oftentimes they think it's more nutritious, which is false. Organic foods are not more nutritious at all. Uh, a lot of times they think that uh, organic produce has no chemicals or pesticides on it. That is fucking false. Yes, they do. Uh, they often think that conventional crops have no rules or regulations. That is so fucking stupid. It hurts my head to think about. They have tons of regulations around what they can do and what they can't do. Uh, I... I I always say if you prefer organic, for example, my wife, she likes organic. 
So cool. She can buy it. I'm like, if you can afford it and you want to buy it, go for it. Yeah, but go look at the organic blueberries and strawberries. They're like triple the price. <laughs> yeah. But, but don't think that you're poisoning your family or your kids if you get conventional. I remember when I was a kid and I thought organic was better. I used to like shame and guilt my mom. Like, I just want organic. I just want organic. And I feel so guilty about that now because knowing what I know, like I wish I had never done that because she couldn't afford it. And so the reality is if you want to buy, if you want to spend four times the price on literally the same fucking thing, go for it. But it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and we could even go into the, you know, the sustainability of conventional versus organic. We could go into the environmental uh, factors of it. Realistically, conventional is, is actually better, in my opinion. Um, I'm a huge supporter of conventional. It's actually much better for the farmers as well. These like, you know, these, these small town, like sm small business style farmers, family farmers, they often don't have the money to be able to get like the organic seal. Whereas like it's these bigger companies that are able to put, you know, organic on it. Whereas, so, so now all these like smaller families that are, that are farming families are not going to be, are going out of business. They can't, they can't even support anymore because they don't, they can't pay for that essentially marketing brand. That's, that's, you're able to put on your food. It says, all right, cool. You're certified organic. It's, it's a whole bunch of horse shit. Um, would you, would so. you say now that the organic trend has sort of replace the gluten-free trend? Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's go, it goes in cycles. I remember, you know, organic used to be big, then gluten-free came and, 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 you know, because the whole celiac nonsense came out and everyone said that they were celiac. It's like, no, like less than 3% of the population. Well, are the celiac. Funny thing is most people don't say that they're, they have celiac. <laughs> they say, oh, I'm gluten sensitive. I yeah, read, yeah, yeah. I read a study that had like a hundred people and only three of them actually. <laughs> celiac. And I yeah. laughed because, I feel that the, the food industry has used it as a marketing tool that fucking Italian ices, you know, the ones up to classic yellow box. <laughs> Martinos, I think, right? No fucking shit. They're gluten-free. Why would, why would a wheat protein be in my fucking Italian ice? Yeah. I, I feel people thought it was healthier when it's just, listen, you're mostly, for the most part, you're replacing, you know, you're putting in rice rather than, you know, bread. Bread's not bad for you. It's, Correct. <laughs> Same thing with the non-GMO. People will slap non-GMO on on all this random shit. They don't even know what GMO means. They just know that like I don't know why the food industry chose that phrase GMO genetically genetically modified organism. It sounds poisonous. Like why the yep. fuck would but you call it but that? Everything is. is the, this everything you wouldn't is. have the watermelons as sweet as they are. You wouldn't have the everything. You know? Um, your food wouldn't be able to last unless you're growing your own food in your backyard. N none of it is un is is uh, not genetically modified. It all is. Not to mention, there are some genetically modified foods that save lives all around the world. There's like, look up Google search golden rice. This is rice that they've been able to uh, to essentially insert beta carotene into so that they could bring it to countries and to help help kids and children and people who aren't able to get that nutrient in their normal diet and who are having serious health health issues from it they can then modify that food to help save their life it's like it's there's it's some really amazing things that they're, they're they're do. A scare tactic yeah um it's, it's all it's all bullshit it's all bullshit here's the funny thing is like jerry said jerry's known me to lose all this listen I, i'm an i'm an expert in dieting i really am <laughs> yeah. you know, as that sounds is i'm a binge eater but i've done it fucking shit loads of times but yeah you know, you know, when, I, when i say things that like what you're saying and tell people about some of these things they look at my weight look at what i am now and nobody takes me seriously so yeah but that's that's the thing man it's you the knowledge is different from because binge eating is so emotional it's such an emotional thing it's sad, not I, it has, 
I fucking have zero to do with knowledge. It has zero. And realistically, any addictive behavior, right? It's like any addictive behavior. It's not about knowledge, right? It, it's not about like everyone knows that they're, they're probably not supposed to do whatever that addictive behavor is, but no, it's, it's an emotional aspect. It of it. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. myself, no, we're going to go home and we're going to eat good, you know, stay good. My wife's making a nice dinner. And then like two hours later, I'll be sitting here like, all right, fuck it. You want Chinese? That's all I need to say to my yeah, wife. The wheels fall off. Yeah, the wheels fall off. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so let's move on here. We're not going to keep it too much longer. We very much, I very much appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it's uh, my pleasure. Hey, so Jordan, we'll, I got a question for you, real quick. Sorry, Russ. Uh, on your website, it says that your your mission in creating Syed Fitness is to give you the knowledge and confidence to incorporate the best possible training and nutrition into your lifestyle. Many of the points you'll make will directly contradict the conventional wisdom you've been brought up with and you've taught. Now. Obviously, for for years, it's pounded in your head. Eat right, go to the gym, do this, do that. You know that's the, that's the way we've all been taught. Cardio, is it a hard cardio, sell cardio. to? Yeah, is it a hard sell to change that mindset of everybody? And how do how do you go about it in changing everyone's mindset with that? Uh, changing their mindset in terms of what? What do you mean? So like everyone has getting, yeah, getting ahead, out, like uh, you you have to lose weight. You got to just do cardio at the gym, or mm. to lose weight, you have to eat strict and you can't deviate. You know getting out those old mantras and get people to believe the, the new, the, the new science that, you know, if you just don't eat like an asshole and you put in regular exercise or you lift heavy weights, that it burns more fat than just dedicating yourself to cardio, just stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it's, I think I have, I have, uh, my, my view is slightly different now because I've built up such a, 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 an engaged audience that I'm sort of in this vacuum of people who already trust and believe me. And so occasionally I'll find someone who it's, it's hard to change their mindset on it. But uh, as of right now, I mean, there, there's, there's so much good information out there. There's a lot of shitty information as well, but I don't think it's that difficult because I, I think I've never met a single person who, who bought, spent a lot of money on fat burning pills who is happy about it. Not, not a single person like has ever gone to GNC, bought fat burning pills and said, oh, wow, those really worked well for me. Like <laughs> no one's ever done that because they yeah, don't the reviews, work. The, the reviews you read on them say they worked great. Oh, yeah. Cause they're all <laughs> fucking fake reviews, but it's like, it's, I, I very well, much think seven that, pounds in the first week. I think people are, are craving common sense. I think they're craving just real straightforward, no bullshit advice, especially in a world where. You know, everything we see is 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 bullshit and politicians lying to us and all this stuff like constantly we're just bombarded with nonsense. And I think people are ready for just just tell me the truth and they're craving that. And so when they see someone telling them the truth, even though it's not a sexy sell, they're like, all right, I know it. Like that's that's the truth. I just got to do it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to switch over here to more of the the weightlifting stuff. And we're not going to keep it too much longer. I don't want to. But uh, so as far as we said misinformation in food, what would you say is most biggest misinformation in the actual weightlifting world these days? You know, you get the waist oh, trainers sitting. <laughs> so I, I like the sauna. I love I, the sauna. Yeah. But I understand that the sauna is good for your skin and your hair. It's mm -hmm. really other than that. That's there's no other purpose for it. You're just going to piss out the water weight and put it back on. But yeah, you don't go into the sauna to lose weight. That's stupid. <laughs> but what do you think is the biggest misinformation, at least in the fitness world, as far as weightlifting wise? Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot of fear about people getting too big and bulky from weightlifting, right? Especially women, but mm -hmm. even guys too. I have a lot of guy, like guys I know who are like, I don't want to get, I don't want to look, this is the line. I don't want to look like Arnold. 
I'm like, don't fucking worry. You're not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, trust me, you're not like, you're not, you're not going to work as hard as him. You're not like none of that. So people are, are worried that all of a sudden they're going to balloon up as soon as they lift five pounds. Like, good luck. So, <laughs> that's a, probably a huge myth for both men and women. There's also the myth that strength training is going to make you like, you know, muscle bound that you're going to lose your flexibility that like it's you're going to just like get really stiff. Like that's not true at all. Strength training is one of the most important things you can do. You don't need to do a lot. Um, I say another massive myth is that that high intensity interval training, like that super hit cardio <laughs> is, is the best for you. And that like it burns hours later and Oh yeah. They say like the afterburn, like they say that you're going to burn more. So this is what they say. There was one study that came out. I'll tell you where this whole came from. There's one study that came out that showed that your metabolic rate increased for up to 48 hours after this high intensity interval training. It, it's called EPOC, excessive post-oxygen consumption and so, or excess post-oxygen consumption. Basically saying that for 48 hours after this workout, you were continuing to burn more calories. So all of these, you know, Orange Theory and Barry's Bootcamp and whatnot came, like built their entire business model off of that, saying that we wanna get you into this zone so your body is burning more calories for another 48 hours. Well, one thing you should ask one of the people who promote this is how many extra calories did your body burn over those 48 hours? Like, what did the study say? How, how much was your metabolism increased? It was about 40 fucking extra calories. So great. You eat <laughs> half an apple. Like, God damn. Like, I'd rather you just go on a walk for 45 minutes. You'll burn more than that. And you get equally, if not better health benefits. So the idea that you need to go absolutely ballistically crazy in order to get these health benefits is ridiculous. So if, if that's, that was another huge one that's important to be aware of. I did like something that you talked about. Uh, on your Instagram and you know, over the bunch of years, I've been pretty much just weightlifting and not really, do, I, I would do warmups with, with the elliptical or treadmill or, or, or bike, whatnot, but I wouldn't go crazy. And people like, no, you got to get on there an hour or this and that. And you said something that I, 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 it really made sense that cardio wasn't necessarily necessary for fat loss, hmm. but it was necessary for overall health and life. And I yeah. kind of like that. that listen, you, you don't have to do it to lose weight. The strength training is going to be more beneficial, but overall, you know, body health, that cardio is good for you. Yeah. I, I kind of like that approach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I got my, I got my spit, my bike right behind me. Got my, I, I would literally just did it right before we got on this call. You don't need to do a lot, but in the, in the fitness world, especially in the strength world, a lot of strength proponents shit on cardio and they say it's not it's not good you don't need it you don't need to do cardio and that's all from the the idea of well they realized you don't need to do cardio for fat loss so they just started hating on cardio but the reality is card your heart is a muscle and you cannot work your heart the same way with strength training as you can with with cardiovascular exercise so there are two major adaptations that happen to your heart from strength training and from cardiovascular exercise. The first one with strength training is your heart can actually like pump blood uh, more efficiently. It can, it can get thicker, it can get a thicker lining and it can pump it stronger, right? So you get a stronger heart that can pump better. It's because if you think about the function of the heart, the function is to pump blood throughout your body, right? So strength training can make the heart thicker and it can actually pump it better. But cardiovascular exercise, it increases the ability of the heart to expand more. So it actually, it you can actually pump more blood with every single squeeze of the heart. So you want to do both to get the best of both worlds. Well, and I, if I have one exception, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Because when, when when I hit, I hit a 
my highest deadlift was 465. Okay. So I remember I started doing, trying to do reps with 315. Yeah. I remember one day my buddy said, all right, let's go. I hit 12, 12 reps with 315. Yeah. People tell you weightlifting is not cardio. At least that was, I was, <laughs> I, I was going to die. So, yeah. so here's the thing. You're right in that it did increase your heart rate. But we have to remember, like, how long did that take? Like a minute? Give or take, yeah. Give so take, that take. that's about the same as doing high-intensity interval training. That You're actually using the exact same energy system when you do like a sprint as you do something like that, that intensive an effort. So your heart rate does go up. But this is a very common fallacy. I just wrote about this today, actually. The idea that effective cardio is just getting your heart rate up. If all you had to do is get your heart rate up, then we could sit down and watch a scary movie on the couch for two hours and you'd have a great cardio session, right? Yeah. It, it's not about just your heart rate. It's about all of the physiological processes happening while you're doing this. And that's actually why a sustained effort over 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes is so much more important for your overall heart health. Again, strength training is also important for it, but so many people have eliminated cardio that it's actually, they're, they're going to do themselves a lot of damage. All right. So I got a couple of questions. I got a buddy of mine that he, he, he follows you as well. And, and Lane and a lot of other people. And, uh, what do you call it? He is a trainer himself. He had a couple of questions he wanted to ask. I, and, uh, one of, one of his was, is, uh, what are your biggest pet peeves in a gym? What do you, what do you, what do you hate when you walk into a gym and see? Oh man, I, I made a whole post on this recently. <laughs> one of the, the first one is that if you don't re-rack your weights, like I, you're a terrorist in my opinion. It, like, <laughs> I see people, I, I go into the gym and there's always weights left on the bench or left on the squat rack. And it, I have a fucking conniption every time I see it. Uh, that's like awful. I hate it. I fucking hate it when people stand directly in front of the dumbbell rack as they're doing like curls or shrugs or lateral raises. Like there's a big rack and they go right up in front of it and they do all of their shit in half an inch away from the rack. Step back, <laughs> motherfucker. Just step away so other people can go and pick up their weights. That's a huge one for me. Um, Let's see. Uh, I th there are some high school quick high school kids in the squat rack that take an hour and they don't even do anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any anyone in the squat rack in and out. Like, oh, if you're doing like if you're doing like push ups in the squat rack, what the fuck are you doing? Get off the fuck. Get out of there. If or like people who are doing. Hour, if you're in the squat rack for an hour and you're working, I have no problem with it. Correct. So, yeah. So like me, I, I'm a, I'm a, everything else I can do normal squats. I'm I'm an enigma. I can't do, even when I do, was doing five by fives, I can't do that in a squat rack. I have to do like 10 sets of squats. I just don't, I don't get into it. Yeah. And uh, so I'm in there like an hour, but I'm doing squats, I'm doing back, sorry, back squats, then I'm doing some front squats. And then, nice. and then I'm doing, you know, and on certain days I would do pause squat. I love the squat. It's, you know, yeah. you know how, you know how it is, is you put the bar on your back and you look in that mirror. And when I get going, I, I see an animal and, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't understand that or they hate squats and they, Oh, I, I leg press. I don't give a shit what you leg press. And, uh, yeah. somebody said it, you could leg press 700 pounds, but somebody that squats 500, does that 700 pound leg press guy may not be able to do that. It's a different Correct. workout, but it's, it's a different mentality too. And it takes, there's no cheating it. The, the, the bar doesn't give a fuck about your feelings. It, it you, you know, you put it on your back and it's, you're either going to push it back up or you're not. 
Correct. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's fun with that. I, I'm sorry. I went on a little rant there. <laughs> no, no, I agree, man. <laughs> um, but I, I don't care if you're working in a squat rack, I'm fine with it. And I, I'm, believe it or not, I, I'm sort of fine with, I know everybody rants about texting. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're if you're resting in between your set and you're on your phone for like a minute or two and then you're doing your next set, I don't give totally a crap. Fine. Yeah, perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, you know, so people are like, oh, I hate somebody. I don't give a fuck if they're texting. The guy's finished his rep, throwing a few messages, and within two minutes, three minutes, he's back doing another set. Correct. Yeah, I'm the same way. So I also I don't really care about sweat. Some people really don't like it if someone doesn't wipe sweat off the equipment. I don't give a fuck. Like I really don't care about that. I care like the. It's more about just gym etiquette, like people being dicks. Like if they're fucking screaming, like some people will be screaming in there. Like, like relax, mother. Like you don't need to be like a little grunting is fine, but you don't need to ah, like shut up. <laughs> what are you doing? I love the guys that do prank videos of that, and they'll go in there. With oh like yeah, yeah that's hilarious. Um, all right. So, like I said, as I mentioned, I like the five by. Yeah, was it a uh, strongest five by fives? Love yep. that for love that for bench and everything, and. uh what do you what are you using these days? Like what kind of system you, you know, effective program do you like these days? So I do I do it's called conjugate periodization. I've done it since I went to West Side. Um I do I don't do a, a standard powerlifting excuse me, I don't do a standard powerlifting split anymore just because my main focus is jujitsu. Um so I do jujitsu about five or six times a week and then I, I strength train on top of it. So my strength training is about three or four times a week right now. I usually do a push pull split. So upper body push, upper yeah, body yeah. pull, uh, lower body. Um, and then, and so that's pretty much it. It's about three days a week of that. And the big thing for me lately, again, my goal, my main goal being jujitsu is so much of jujitsu is like these long duration isometric contractions, whether like people think like if they got into a fight, they'd be fine. They don't realize like if you're trying to choke someone out, your arm burns out after like yes. seven seconds of a really- I, I also work pressure. security. So do it as a bouncer. <laughs> trying to hold somebody- for a minute or two, you'd be surprised on how much you tire really quick. People gas, you'll gas. So a lot of the stuff that I do is, uh, I do some max effort stuff, but actually I prefer doing like a little bit like moderate to high reps with a pretty slow tempo just to get the aerobic capacity of my arms up. Like, uh, you start to feel that burn much earlier on. Whereas before with powerlifting, I'd try and be as explosive as I can. Now I'm actually being a little bit slower with it, really working on the aerobic capacity of my tissues, uh, and improving the endurance of them. So it's, it's the, it's a push pull leg split and that's pretty much it. And then I do cardio like every day. All right. That's good. Um, hey Jordan, uh, Russ told me you're a big coffee guy. So I got to ask you, how big is the coffee selection in the house? And, uh, can you give us one or two of your favorites that, you know, is a go-to or maybe something you treat yourself to? Yeah. So I mean, we, we got an espresso in the house, uh, which I love. Um, and literally I just, I have a, a shot of espresso every morning. Just, uh, that's, that's basically it. I just, I just like the espresso from it. Okay. Um, my other question, this was from my buddy, Chris, but then I also heard you were talking about it. Um, you're not taking pre anymore that you've been having some, I guess, some heart issues with it or anxiety issues with taking caffeine these days or. So did you ever see the YouTube video I made where I only drank coffee for 24 hours? Pieces. I want to be honest yeah. with you here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't even watch our podcast on days. That we don't, <laughs> that we don't do it. I watch podcast, like I watched a, a bunch of your clips over the last year. I watched like bits and pieces and just, I have the attention span of a fucking net. Yeah. So I, I don't mean to offend you, but I, 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 I watch here and there. And totally I, I just watch your Instagram videos because they're not, you know, they're not, you know, an hour long. But uh, so, so I, I did this. 
experiment just like because a lot of people say coffee dehydrates you blah, blah blah so i wanted to see i wanted to show people that it doesn't dehydrate you um and so i drank only coffee for 24 hours and i had over a thousand milligrams of caffeine in a very short time frame and ever since then with too much caffeine my heart goes nuts so i was like you know what fuck it i'm done so i still take pre-workout but there's a non-caffeine pre-workout that i have which like i it, it feels great i still get the beta alanine in it still get the creatine still get all of that i just i don't take uh caffeinated stuff all right give me one give me one sec hey jordan let me ask you a question real quick so you're in texas now right do you yeah. miss the new york pizza do you miss the chinese i mean how how good is the food over there compared to you know you know, all the restaurants we had here in New York City and Midtown. Bro, I very much believe if you the best food in the world is in New York City. There's no question about it. The best food. And I knew that. My wife and I knew leaving is the best food in the world. Mm -hmm. um, we were very happily surprised with the food here, to be honest. Like, there's some really amazing food here. But there's no no pizza in the world is as good as New York pizza. It just it isn't. The, the New York pizza is the best in the world without question. So we're actually coming back in a few weeks, and I cannot wait to uh, you know Bleecker Street Pizza. In my opinion, has the best pepperoni pizza one. in the city. Yep. I fuck. I love Bleecker Street Pizza. You ever so go to L and B's in Brooklyn? No, yes, I haven't. L and B's uh, Gardens in Brooklyn. You got to look it up. It's one of the best it's, pizzas it's, in the city. Okay, it's, uh, it's a Sicilian slice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Back on the coffee now. Um, I stopped taking pre-workouts. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, Chimera Yeah, coffee. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's got neurotropics in it. It's alpha GPC, uh, taurine, whatnot. I stopped taking the pre's and started doing that with a scuba beta alanine. And nice. then I would fill my water bottle with water, obviously. And a scoop <laughs> of, I would have an intra workout that would have just citrulline and BCAAs. So, and on a side note, that was, you know, one of the things that I guess, you know, people don't realize that I think you'll agree with that BCAAs have become like the, one of the biggest scams going that somebody like me who weighs as much as I do, it may, it may be necessary because I can't eat that much food, that right. much protein. Whereas somebody like you can easily hit a protein goal and that, therefore yeah. you don't need BCAAs because you're getting it in the food and the protein. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, uh, even even for someone your size, I still think it's nonsense. You still don't need it. Um, I only take it because I have it with the intro workout and it has the beta alanine. And that goes okay. back to like looking at certain ingredients that do work. So it's pretty much, like I said, is beta alanine. Uh, my pre, my intro workout has citrulline. That's what it was. Citrulline, so malate, citrulline yeah. creatine. And that's pretty much what I take gym wise. And that, Good. you know, I used to take every fucking pre-workout under the sun and these mixes. And now I just based it down to this, this coffee, a couple scoops and done. I love it. That's awesome. So, Hey Jordan, I got to ask you quick. One wish I read, you know, looking through your website, one wish you have is to be a wizard. Yeah. Uh, you a big <laughs> Harry. Are you a big Harry Potter fan is to be a wizard cool. to go kick Harry Potter's ass. What's up with that? Oh. I was telling him that you have all these references <laughs> to Harry Potter. Yeah. And, uh, I love Harry Potter. It's funny when I was younger, when I was a kid, you know, Harry Potter came out, I think the first one when I was in like first grade or something and everyone loved it and they still do. But like growing up, it wasn't cool to like Harry Potter. So like I would always lie and be like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't read that. Da, da, da. But I mean, I would go home and I would like read it like all the time. I would pretend to be sick so I could stay home and read Harry Potter. And then at one point I like, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I started incorporating Harry Potter references in my content and it blew up. Like people fell in love with it. Like I literally was just talking to a, a client of mine the other day. She was like, I originally found you from your Harry Potter references. And then that's why I signed up with you. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. 
See, I, I introduced my daughter to it about like a month ago. So okay. somebody, got her, somebody got her the first book and I said, you know, you know what? You need to you need to form good habits. And I want you to read a half an hour a day, every day. So we started with that. And she's like, I don't want to read it. She tried to watch the first movie. She's like, no, I'm like just read the book. I'm making you, I'm telling you. She read the book and she loved it. So then we watched the movie. So I said, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. Now I got her the second book, The Chamber of Secrets. I said, you're gonna, I said, and she asked for it. So when she's done reading it, well, she almost is, then we'll watch the movie. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do it that way. So she reads the book first, and then we watch each movie. I love that. That's awesome. That'll be like great bonding time as well. So um, I want to ask you too, what are your what are your biggest influences on people who you follow? So you know, obviously you met, you know, I keep mentioning Lane. I love Lane. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think he's a little a little nutty with his arguing and and and, and <laughs> fighting back, but uh He's a big influence. Brad Schoenfeld, I know, is a huge influence in the, in the science, you know, workout world. Who who do you hold in high regard that you know you follow and 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 you know really really look up to? Alan Aragon is by far number one. He he single handedly changed the entire industry in terms of nutrition. Uh, so he's he's number one in my book. Um, I would say Martin Birkin is another one. He's another one who who changed the world of nutrition forever. Um, Eric Cressy massively uh alex viata uh dan john uh these are all all guys who i've looked up to for a long time and uh what do you call it i skipped right over this one too um like i said all right we're really towards the end of it here i, I kept you an hour and i hope i hope that didn't yeah, bother thanks you, for that but, time uh, jordan um quick weightlifting stuff so I, I i'm big into i love the idea of power i call myself a wannabe power lifter because i just <laughs> yeah I, I, don't, I don't lift as much as a lot of people and uh, i look at guys like you know john hack Russell, yeah, Orby, yeah, yeah. Uh, jessica butner um amanda lawrence they're all the big play they're, they fucking I, I love them all they, they they john hack makes shit looks 800 pounds like it's nothing I, I don't i don't get it but two weeks ago jimmy cole broke, broke the bench press record he benched 1300 pounds crazy he, Thing, my thing is, is this, that, that's an incredible feat. I mean, incredible. The fact that he was still able to push it up, but the, he's wearing like a, uh, you know, he's equipped. So he's wearing a suit that helps yep. him. A lot of normal people that don't know powerlifting don't know about the equipped part of it. But my thing is, is that what's really the point of that, that if you can't lift it on your own, the true legitimacy of it, because in, rea in reality, it's still ridiculously impressive just to be able to hold that weight and at least still get it up, but all the assistance from the suit and all wearing everything. What's like I said? What's really the true point of that? And not you know, to me, that's not tr true strength. You know, in a way. Well, ha have you ever used one of them before? Have you ever used a bench shirt? No, the only thing I've ever used was uh, was Eddie Cohen. Who, who does the fucking sleeve thing? The fucking uh, oh, Mark Bell. Mark Bell, yeah, Mark Bell yeah. yes. Um, yeah. I did try that. I think that thing's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, and I understand the point of it is to get more more of a load on your triceps, allow you to, to get heavier weight up. But that's a training thing, you know. Yeah, this so, is so we, have, we have to remember that's why they distinguish between equipped and raw, right? Raw. It's it's two different sports. It's it's completely two different sports. Um, what I would say is it's sort of similar to the you know when when sprinters wear cleats. Right? They have spikes on their shoes that allow them to run faster than they could without the spikes, right? It's like, 
if like, why not just take the spikes off so that they can run as fast as they would in their bare feet or in regular shoes? Why do they have to wear spikes that allow them to accelerate more quickly? You know, uh, that's literally it's like the same type of a thing. The if what they should have is they should have one group for people with spikes and one people without spikes. But for, for me, what it really comes down to is it's just it's just a different sport. Um, I I don't lift lift equipped anymore. I have lifted equipped in the past, uh, and one thing that that I would say is it just gives me an appreciation for what that guy did because it's fucking insane. Oh no, and absolutely thirteen hundred pounds. I don't want to take. I don't want to say anything <laughs> like I'm taking anything away from it. Yeah, it, yeah, insane. But I just sometimes I'm, I kind of look at it like, all right, but what? You know, I, I want to see what you know what people can do with, like I said, with you know. It's Which, just, like it's that's kind of weird to me, I guess. The thing it's frankly, it's weird to me as well. Like I don't want to have to remember to bring my bench shirt with me when I go to the gym. I just want to go in a t-shirt and be able to lift and, and be totally fine. I don't want to have to carry on this huge bag with my squat briefs and my squat, uh, my, like my squat suit and my bench shirt and my wrap. Like, I don't want to have to carry all that. I want to go in, in a t-shirt and shorts and be able to lift and be fine. So that's why I don't do that anymore. And also I don't think it has, I don't think wearing any of that equipment has any carryover to real life circumstances, which is also why I want to lift as well. I don't want to have to put on this shirt that makes me like this. And it's, it's super uncomfortable. And I hated when I did it. I just know it, what he did is fucking impressive. And I don't yeah. want to take that away from him, but I'm with you. Like I have no interest in doing equipped lifting. It's just, it's not, not for me at all. All right. Yeah. Jordan, I want to thank you so much for uh, for giving us the time and coming on the podcast. This was yeah you know, eight, eight months in the making. It was it was great. And I, I, we know uh, you know you and your wife are expecting. So congratulations! Yeah, congratulations thank on you. that. Uh, thank are you, you uh, are you ready for no sleep yet, or uh, is this going to be an adjustment for you guys? <laughs> I I'm trying to soak in as much sleep as I can right now. So I, I've been sleeping <laughs> in, getting prepared for it. <laughs> Jordan, we want to thank you very, very much for coming on. I, I really appreciate this. And if, if you see if you see WrestleMania 61 in your comments on Instagram, that that's me. So I love it. Thank um, you both. This was great. You're amazing hosts. And if I can ever help, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Thanks I a lot. I uh I'm gonna get on I gotta get on this journey and get on the grind and uh you know hopefully maybe I can message you, you know, a year down the line and uh be a much thinner man. Anytime, man. I would love to. Please reach out. All right. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Have a great night. Have a good Thanks one, guys. So much. There you go, Russ. That was that was great. Uh, a little bit over an hour. Couldn't ask for any more than that. Guy's great. <laughs> Eric just said we need him to come live with us. <laughs> Jordan, if you're still there, come back to New York. My wife says you can live with us. Oh, he's gone, unfortunately. <laughs> she says you can take her side of the bed. <laughs> I guess this is my wife saying that she 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 wants a thinner thinner husband. No, myself. <laughs> oh boy! All right, Russell. Let's just get into some quick NFL and uh, some other sports real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. We just went over an hour with Jordan. That was great to follow Jordan online, guys. The YouTube page is obviously Jordan Syat. To follow him on Instagram or Twitter, it's at Syat Fitness. Uh, Jordan, thanks a lot again for coming on. Russ, your Colts made a big move today. What are your thoughts on the uh, Carson Wentz heading over to the Washington Commanders? Until I see who the new quarterback is, I, I kind of I kinda think they might be idiots. You think so? Well, so I was I was saying earlier to Jerry, um, basically, I'm not a fan of Carson Wentz. I didn't see the heart there at the end of the season. I, I saw this fucking 
I saw a giant pussy. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to fight his ass after the Jaguars game. I didn't see it. And if you look by the reactions of coaches and players, nobody was really defending him after being attacked all on, you know, in the media after what happened. And it was kind of telling that maybe they realized the same thing too, that he's not the guy that they thought they thought he was. So I was all for getting rid of him until not that I wanted Aaron Rodgers. I honestly, I really would have loved Russell Wilson, but we couldn't put together a package to really rival what, what he thought they got. But once they got Wilson, once the Broncos got Wilson, which the AFC West is going to be ridiculous. Of course, the Colts play the fucking AFC West this year. That'd be fucking great. Um, um, once they got him, I kind of said in my head, well, all right, there's no, there's really nobody out there that I see as a, a huge upgrade that you're going to get. So they're going to, are going to see how this goes. Listen, give him a second chance. See if he redeems himself. You know, they got cap space. Let's see if they put a few weapons in there. You know, to me, Amari Cooper got released. I would take a flyer on him opposite Michael Pittman, you know, and mm-hmm. him and Pascal. And, and uh, you know, I, I would like to see maybe what happens. So, but then they trade him. I think they got a good return. It's two, it's a second round pick, a third round pick, and another third that's conditional that if he plays 70% of the snaps, that third turns into a second. And Washington takes his full. Um, what do you call it? I had like a total brain fart there, and then I like froze. Like it was like until my screen was frozen. Um, they took his full salary, so that was great. We didn't have to worry about his contract. Um, but yeah, with no immediate, they took on Jimmy G. I don't give a fuck about Jimmy G. Jimmy G is the same, like the same type of player. You know, I, I just think he probably makes a few less mistakes than Carson, but mm-hmm. I don't see it as a, a huge upgrade. We still have to trade for him, and mm-hmm. now you know teams. Know, you know, I guess it's a catch twenty two. If you acquire some, you know somebody and then team you already acquire a quarterback teams are going to not give you the, the same return for Wentz or vice versa so but I don't see it I mean listen you told me you're trading for Derek Carr I'm fine with that I think Derek Carr is a much better player than Wentz's but I don't see the upgrade coming here so yeah where where is it coming from you know you know I just don't see it so we'll see what happens um I don't know if I'm until I see. Listen, I kind of my uncle said it to me today. He mentioned the name, and I was like, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'd give it a shot. Fitz Magic, you know, he always has that that luck, you know. I oh, kind of like him, like in that beard, but uh, he's getting up there in age. But I don't, I don't know. Somebody, they threw out Trubisky's name and Jimmy G, and I'm like, no, no. Yeah, no. Trubisky's uh, is hey. linked to the Giants as well because yeah, of he, uh, he the Buffalo dead, connection. That's because yeah, they went with with fucking Brian. Dayball, whatever, however you say. Yeah. Yep. No, I don't fuck, get the fuck out of here, Mr. Trubisky. I'd rather fucking bring in Nick Foles and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, what, what did he do? What was he in? He was in Chicago before that, right? What did he do in Chicago? He had one decent season. And then he yeah, exactly. Got ran out of there. I just don't. Listen, Gardner Minshew. Minshew Mania. I'd fucking take him. I'm you know. I, fuck, I love his aura. He, he's like a cooler version <laughs> of Baker Mayfield. I think he can actually game a little better. You know, you guys got the run game with the Colts, so you you really don't need a superstar at QB, right? I mean, well, Jonathan Taylor. One, you need one that just doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. You need and someone I, serviceable who's not going to make mistakes. Exactly. Yes, and I honestly feel you want more of like a five-year-ago Alex Smith, a guy that can play well. I would say that's not what I want. I'd want a superstar, yeah. but, you know, a guy that played well and he he. Didn't play, didn't throw a million touchdowns, but he didn't make a lot of mistakes. 
So, but who knows? I mean, people tell me, you know, I look at Jimmy G. For me, I think he gave away, you know, he's the reason the Niners lost for me. You know, it's funny. The, um, the Washington, as weird as this sounds, the Washington Commanders. Carson and the Commanders, 80s disco band. <laughs> they offered Seattle three first round picks for Russell Wilson. And I guess Seattle turned that down and then went and made the deal with Denver. Here's my other thing, too, is I want to throw in there with Washington. Not for nothing. Unless the Colts have a plan, they're going to blow something out of the water and surprise the fuck out of me and maybe Mm -hmm. drop a load on the floor. Um, Why not take a less pick or something and throw Taylor Heineke in the deal? I don't necessarily care for Heineke, but at least Mm -hmm. it gives you something because right now all we have is Sam Ellinger. Yeah, what do you got? You going to draft somebody? You don't have a first-round pick for Indy, right? Indy gave no, that first-round no. pick. So, I mean, you know, we're in a – you know, you, know, you got a couple extra – you got an extra second, a couple extra third, but still, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do, you know, like I said, is without a, without a significant upgrade, I don't know if it was worth it trading Wentz, but, you know, I don't know. You're going to waste the years of, of you know – Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and fucking DeForest Buckner and, and, and Darius Leonard. You know, you're going to waste those guys. And, and Did you see the tweet from Darius Leonard? Here we go again. About to be five years with the Colts. He's right. Five, five different, different QBs. QBs. But look at it. Look at Darius Leonard. This guy has been fucking, he lives up to his name, the maniac. Yeah. This yeah. guy has been one of the best linebackers in the league for the past three, four years now. And it, he's it's been, been a, a revolving man. door. And you're, and you're wasting you know, now you got Pittman coming. Now you got Taylor coming in. You know, you got these guys that are going to start really, you know, obviously I think Leonard's in his, I guess, starting his prime now, really. You had a surprise with Taylor that, you know, you can't, you can't waste this. You have well, you an can. offensive line that is extremely good. That yeah. really our biggest wing, I hate to say it was, you know, Eric Fisher was pretty much our, our weakest link last year at left tackles. So we need to shore up that. Um, and our line will be great, but, uh, they really need uh they really need to get on the ball because you're gonna blow all these guys' window. We have some talent, there's pieces that need to be added. And yeah, it's uh I'm a mixed ball of emotions right now. <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers signs or allegedly signed a four-year two hundred million dollar deal. I mean, well now he's, heard... he's debating the money, but either way. Yeah. This was about he's a greedy fuck. Yeah, yeah, a greedy fuck. Because about money. if you look at it, he he made it seem as if it was personal stuff going on, but then all of a sudden he signs a giant extension and he's like, "I'm so happy to be back. We're gonna do you know." It was all about the fucking money. Then don't even yeah, don't they, that shit. Just listen. They redid a couple of deals. They lowered his number, but they gave him a shit ton guaranteed. Was, if the reports yeah. are right, it's 153 million guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's already making a shit ton of money. Is that, you just want fucking more? Then just fucking say it. Just tell me you're a greedy fuck. And, and now, not for nothing, but now they're going to they're gonna franchise tag the wide receiver that yeah, said Rodgers. he didn't want a franchise tag. Is that really? I guess they must yeah, have spoken. The, the fact that Rodgers is staying, I think, thing changes things. Yeah, but the franchise tag is not a way to go about things either. I mean, that, that hit is going to be big. You'd rather negotiate a deal long-term with that wide receiver. I'm talking about Adams. You'd yeah, rather negotiate it. He also... Uh, whatever it was, uh, I'm just gonna throw a number out here because it's in my head. I don't know. Was it 21 million? 
Something like that. All right. So I think he was. I think he was quoted as saying he wants like thirty million a year. He wants like thirty. Yeah. So I mean, like, listen, maybe maybe the idea is like, listen, we franchise him for twenty-one. We're not affording him at thirty. Let's keep him one more year at Rogers and see if we can lose in the NFC Championship again. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, it's pretty much what it is. Greek yeah. Medicine. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And then, well, I mean, honestly. Who the hell wants to play? Like you were just saying before, who the hell wants to go through the AFC West with that, well, that saying, lineup now? Of course, now? the Colts this year have the AFC West on their schedule. So, um, dude, I don't fucking know. You got Russ in Denver, Mahomes in KC. Yep. Um, Carr in, 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 in Vegas. Yep. And um, Herbert in, uh, in, in, in San Diego. That, that's that's a, that's a murderer's row. I mean, uh, Car- Los, Car- I think Los Car- Angeles, Russ, they moved. It's, it's so hard. So hard to keep up with all the moves. It's ridiculous. All these I know. teams moving cities. The targets, I just miss it. Um, <laughs> that's a murderer's row. I mean, cars, you know, I'm not fearing the, the Raiders, but the rest of them, shit, man. You know, and Herbert's fucking. Well, no, but the Raiders went and signed uh, McDaniels to be their coach, right? So now you don't know. They yes, actually could yes. be a good team. You don't even know. They might, uh, they might be good to go with a new coach now in that offense. They actually played pretty well under the uh, interim coach along the way at the end. So you don't know what McDaniels is going to do with them. It might be a, a gauntlet for all four teams. A gauntlet. <laughs> Let's get into some hockey quick. I know uh, the trade wait, deadline. Wait, we, missed, we missed the biggest fucking. Wait, oh, who'd we miss? I'm sorry. Cal- Calvin Ridley. Oh, my God. Yes. Forgot about that. This is what happens when you don't have a show sheet and you're going on the fly. <laughs> all right, so. So Ridley decides to set up a sports betting account on his phone in Florida. And I guess the NFL has a company they work with named Genius that flagged his name or flagged his phone yeah, and figured out your, that he was betting gotta, on games. Yeah, you got to put in like your fucking social security number with this shit. It's got to actually for tax purposes. Uh, the NFL's a multi-billion dollar corporation. They're not letting you bet on games without, you know, doing their homework. They're not that stupid. And obviously we see it now. But he made an eight-team, a five-team, and a three-team parlay for, what, 1500 bucks. Did it even come out if he won those bets? I, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, our, our good buddy Ryan, who was on the show, had a great way of putting it. Listen, he, he, he knew the crime. Everyone in everyone in professional sports knows that if you're a player, you cannot bet. Yeah, so it's your own fault. There's no like. Listen, whether you agree with the punishment or not, or agree with him being punished. Yep. Everybody knows you don't. I mean, Shoeless Joe, Pete Rose, you know you can't bet on sports. Yeah, I get it. It's shoved in your face. Teams have deals with fucking you know. All these commercials. All these commercials. I can't take a piss without seeing a fucking JB Smooth's face and see. Seriously, four. I mean, <laughs> um, he's everywhere. And I and I get it. It's there. It's in your face. But again, you're a professional athlete that already makes millions. Well, for not all of them, you know, but majority of them, you know, you're still doing better than the average person, even for the league minimum type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you you knew the crime. You know, you know it was, a, you know it was a, uh, against the rules. This is, this is what it is. And people saying that, it, oh, it's too much. You know, if you, they're setting an example. However, however, 
their ideas of setting examples are very weird, considering the amount of players that have beaten people and girlfriends. Oh, and unbelievable! And and, and and didn't get as many games. How many? How so, many people have driven drunk? How many people have you know yeah, so, murdered murdered somebody or killed somebody or had an you know their actions of driving have hurt somebody? I, I mean, get, the I get possibilities are endless so, here, yeah. and this guy's getting a year for gambling. I mean, I get why it was so long as far as. It was being made an example of in a time where gambling now has exploded. Yep. So they want to nip it in the bud. But uh, what do you call it? At the same time, you know, I think they need to reevaluate moving forward. If this is what you're going to suspend for gambling, the next time an NFL player or fucking NHL player drives drunk or somebody beats their fucking baby mama, yep. you might want to consider more than four games. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100% with that. All right. Uh, while we were interviewing Jordan, I just want to let you know, Russ, the uh, Major League Baseball has canceled the second week of the season after discussions have uh, failed to produce a new collective bargaining agreement. Well, they, did now a, the, they did agree on banning the shift, I believe. The major holdup now seems to be an international draft. I mean, honestly, we're, we're arguing over an international draft. Why? So they're arguing so that the what the most you know profitable or expensive or, you know, spending savvy teams who can outspend the pirates and the rays and all these other teams that don't want to spend. They're fighting over the big teams. Now, I guess going after these international players and just offering them a boatload of money with a posting fee and having them come play for them, as opposed to a draft where the sucky teams would get first crack at these uh, international players. So this seems to be the big holdup now. Whatever. Yeah. Just, just get on with it. Play ball. It, you know, listen, I've always sided with the players. It doesn't matter what these people call them. Millionaires versus billionaires. It doesn't mean you give in to their demands and just put, you know, all right, we got to end with soon here. Like, I hate this to think, like, listen, me personally, I'd be like, listen, we're going to meet every fucking day until we make headway. In this. Yeah, I know. Lock I'm yourselves not- in a room and let's get this hammered out. People Everybody's staying baseball. in New York. We're going to meet at Morton Steakhouse every day, eat a big fucking steak, and then fucking hammer this out. If we, you know, if we don't hammer it out today, we're coming back tomorrow. You know, just enough of this fucking, we're not meeting until next week. Just let's fucking go. Listen. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to get done, and I'd rather be more, you know, more geared towards the players. But you know, let's get a move on this. We need baseball. You're only fucking killing your own product. Exactly. And uh, just to wrap up, I want to talk about the Rangers real quick. I mean, Russ, what are your thoughts on the uh, the game last night? I mean, I, going down two nothing quick. I uh, I wasn't happy, but then I saw the the two goals to come back and even it up, and then the game was basically over when Minnesota scores that power play goal right after the shorty from uh, from Mika. After yeah. that, it was all downhill. Bottom line is is Georgiev's not built to be a backup. Uh, somebody pointed out today that, you know, if in the times he started for Igor or or started in, in terms of Hank, you know, multiple games in a row or for a while, he actually played very well. You know, so it says something to the fact that when he's regularly playing, yes, he'll play better. But if that's the case, then listen, then he's done as a backup because, you know, Igor's playing so well, you can't not play Igor, you know. Yeah, and, but the other fact of it too is, is as far as schedule specifically, I, I I'm gonna I'm going with the fact that every team took off for two weeks for the for the Olympic break, minus the teams that played their makeup COVID games. Mm-hmm. Um, the schedule the schedule going into the end of the season is out of control. It's literally yes. almost it, it literally averages to a, it averages to a game every other night. Basically, you only yes. have six instances for the Rangers where the games have more than two days rest in between, none more than two days. 
So everything else is every other night and three back-to-backs. It's it's it that's grueling to end a season. But yeah. most teams are going to be similar just because they all took the similar break. But that's fucking that's a grueling way to end the season. And you can't have Georgie burn out because in in if you look, this will end up being his longest season ever, most games played. So we don't know, you know, if he's gonna burn out. You know, and, and die in the playoffs and get tired. Yeah, that's the last thing you want from Igor is, yeah. is a burnout. I mean, listen, you got to find out. There, he's a young kid, so he's going to have the energy and he's going to be a workhorse. But at the same time, you got to get you got to get it back with it. At this point, I think it's time to get rid of Georgie. You know, bring in Kincaid. For me, he's a local boy, so a Sachem guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the Richter tribute pads he's got. So, and listen, I don't see at this point how you can do any worse against against teams over 500 georgie is oh eight and one yeah i mean that's not gonna cut it that's not gonna cut it cut it at all i mean listen you could put me out there and i ain't gonna do it i'll have a worse goals against the same <laughs> percentage, but the record will be the same hey we got breaking news russ breaking news uh going back to the nfl real quick a woman trade for, for coach trade for fucking uh no 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 no, no, no. The, 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 a woman is suing jerry jones alleging the Dallas Cowboys owner paid her mother to conceal that he was her biological father. In 1996, he paid her hundreds of thousands of dollars to seal up that uh, they had a child together. I got to say, when you got money like Jerry Jones, you can conceal anything. This is going to play out in the court, obviously. Right away, I could see tests and everything else, but... They're claiming that the woman was paid $375,000 in exchange for uh, her being quiet about the love child that uh, that has happened. And uh, I don't know. We're going to see. The Dallas Morning News is reporting this right now, and it's also on ESPN that uh, this, this is just breaking. It's, uh, well, I'm just tweeting out. Bring me, bring me, bring me Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry Jones might have another... Uh, Another kid out there. I don't know if the, she's going to be coming on board to run the team, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> bring me Gardner Minshew, goal coat, goal, go Colts. I got oh, it. Oh, 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 fuck. You know what? I got, I got something better. <laughs> oh, where'd it go? All oh. right. Just a quick update on some shows coming up uh, on the 22nd of this month. We will have Chris Moneymaker on the show, the 2003 World Series of Poker main event winner. He'll be on Tuesday, the 22nd of March at 7 Eastern. And then also, Russ, uh, I'm very excited. I've actually started listening to Rich O'Toole's music on the drive in and the drive home from work every day. Marijuana and jalapenos. Yeah, marijuana and jalapenos. And uh, Robin Peter to pay Paul. And he's got a bunch of good stuff. I, I really wish we would have found him sooner. I'm very excited for the interview that he's going to uh, that we're going to have with him. He's very active on Twitter. I got to say the haters go the haters go after him, and he goes right back at them. I mean, um, people. On, on a side note, I had a guy mention it to me like last year because I love making chili. And that same thing, like this, I didn't know that putting beans in your chili was like a sacrilegious. Thing. I love beans in my chili. You got to see the exchange he had with somebody about putting yeah, beans in chili. I'm, I'm, we're, I'm, an, I'm a New York guy, so I, listen. <laughs> I understand the hate from a Texan, but I, I thought beans and chili was like that's how, like yeah. I don't not put. I can't not put beans in my chili. 
fuck y'all southern people keep your i'm very i'm very excited to talk to him it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a great interview Uh, wait 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 hold on waiting for this rush tweet to come out and then we're gonna wrap this up (laughs) if you want to follow russ on twitter at WrestleMania 61. Follow myself. It's at Jerry with the mic. Follow the show. It's at the EAT podcast. Uh, Mr. J Boots, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. Russ chiming in on the chat right now. There he is. Texans <laughs> hate beans in their chili. And then he wrote, they are animals. <laughs> All right. There we go. Bring me Gardner Minshew. Go Colts. Say no to Garoppolo. <laughs> Colts na- hashtag Colts Nation hashtag. I don't know if Minshew be the answer, but I love his personality. He's just a fucking nut job. I actually think he is a pretty decent QB. I don't know if he's a you know full time starter, but no, he's yeah. uh well Listen. he he played for the Eagles for a couple of a uh, couple of games or whatever, and then he went to Jacksonville. He was uh he no, was in Jacksonville. He's he was in Jacksonville, and then he went to the Eagles. Or, now he's with the Eagles, yes. But I um, mean, with Jalen Hurts there, he's not going to be playing, you know, for the Eagles. He's just not. no. And listen, I I don't I don't want Jimmy G. I don't want fucking. I don't want. Uh, I don't, Russ. I don't know who you're going to get. It's going to play out great. I don't, I don't know, know either. Who you're gonna get. I don't know either. I mean, listen. Like hey, I said, let me ask you. You want Daniel Jones? Will you take him from the Giants? No, that's the way. Mitch Trubisky. I don't want fucking Trubisky. Get the fuck out of here. They get Trubisky. I got fucking. No, how about Daniel I'm Jones? I'm gonna go fly to Lucas Oil if, Stadium, break in, and fucking take a shit on fucking fifty yard line. If the Giants sign Trubisky and they, and they think he's the go-to, and that Daniel Jones is not the guy, would you take Daniel Jones for a season? No, because you know what is just no, because he sucks. Think about what Darius Leonard said. <laughs> no, I think you put him in the right environment, maybe. But think about what Darius Leonard said. Fifth, it'd be the fifth, yeah, fifth QB in five years. You need to start looking to the future. Now, listen, my Gardner Minshew thing is a little bit of a joke, but I actually wouldn't. I actually would like to see what happens. I think it would be enjoyable. But, uh, I think he could win games. I'd rather have him over fucking waste time fucking trading for fucking Jimmy G. I just don't see it, Jimmy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's got a great smile. Good looking dude. My wife would probably bang him. Hey, what? I don't want him. <laughs> What's Andrew Luck doing these days? I mean, honestly. Ah, so disappointed, dude. He, he looks like he's fucking making organic milk out of his fucking... You know, out of some farm and fucking. Is that what he's doing? I haven't. I haven't. I don't know. You seen him? Like, he, he was on the newscast, and he looked like he should be wearing fucking like. Uh, um, he definitely looked like some crazy hipster that dresses like you know partly in the 1920s. I saw Tim Tebow making the rounds. He's got a couple of new books out. He was making the rounds in New York, uh, doing some shows. How about Tim Tebow on the Colts? I know your wife would approve. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to think of just all the options. I just don't know. I don't see them. I don't see Carr giving up them giving up Carr in in Oakland. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know if I take a shot at trading for Kirk. How about how, wait, Russ? How about Cam Newton? How about Cam Newton? <coughs> no, absolutely not. He, how about Kaepernick? No, oh, he's 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 been out so long that even even forget all the shit that he stirred up. I, I don't I don't see it. I, he's been out way too long, and Cam Newton has shown that I think he's done. He went back to back to Carolina, scored one touchdown, and proclaimed he was back, and then they were fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't see any of that. Um, yeah, it's, the I list honestly, is not good. The list yeah, of available that's, what that's, what, that's what bothers me. Of they, I hope they have a fucking plan. You know. I hope I wake up later and they said that they traded a you know the second you know third round pick for fucking for Gardner. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> well, fuck it. I'd even take Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's better than Wentz. I think they're equally kind of the same in fucking talent and fucking idiotic mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I see the heart and desire in Baker. I gotta throw a name. I gotta throw a name at you. How about Tyrod Taylor? Well, I, he's throwing it out for a reason back in the day. But... How about How about Andy Dalton? No, God, no, Dalton. God, no. Get the fuck out of here. Um, Want to revisit the Jacoby Brissett? Uh, I love Jacoby. I'd fucking I, I'd take him back. Okay, um, he's I available. Love, I'd love Jacoby. Joe Flacco's yeah. available. No, I'd rather have. I, honestly, at all the names you just mentioned, I love Jacoby. He, okay. I, he was a great guy, great attitude. I think they tailed during the fucking second half. Um, but at the same time, you look at what happened now. They tailed during the second half. At least the last few games, but at least they had the talent now. They didn't have the talent a few years ago. So I love Teddy Jacoby. Bridge. He's a great team player. I know he was loved in the locker room. Teddy uh, Bridgewater is available. You know, obviously Wilson going to Denver. I, is, I didn't see enough. Of, I don't see it with Teddy. And then uh, just to wrap it up, you got Marcus Mariota. He's a free agent. Former number two overall pick in 2015. Is, I don't see these guys as being any better than or upgrades to Wentz. Yeah, and Jameis Winston. I don't know if I mentioned him. There's another one. Jameis Winston is a turnover machine, mm-hmm. but he does throw a shitload of touchdowns. And I, 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 I do know that he, you know, he has the desire to play. Being a Seminole fan, well, I can't even call myself that anymore. I watched like one Florida State game a year. They were terrible last year. Um, I just more or less follow my phone. Like, all right, they're losing again. Cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> And uh, she lost to an FCS team, so that was bad. God. <laughs> um, I might take a shot at, at, at Winston. I don't know what his capabilities are. Is he a free agent? Yeah, or is free he still agent. in the con- No, free agent. I might work him out, but I know he's coming back from a big injury, so I yeah, think free so. agent, tw- 28 years old. Throwing that out, he, my was, ass. Uh, he was in New Orleans replacing Drew Brees. Yeah, did he get a big injury? He had a major knee injury, tore an ACL in week eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that ended his 2020. Okay, good. I wasn't just throwing out my ass. I actually no, 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 no. You're you're right. I see. I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see any. That's why I said if you're gonna fuck around here, I, I'm not trading for Jimmy G. Like I said, I'd rather have the hype around Gardner and fucking watch some magic happen. Or like I said, Fitz Magic. I'll fucking take that bearded bastard. Fucking. Love it. All right. We'll see. All right. So that's going to wrap up episode 38. Again, big thank you to Jordan Syatt at Syatt Fitness to follow him, to follow Russ at WrestleMania 61. Follow me, Jerry with the mic, and to follow us on Twitter at the EAT Podcast. This episode will be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts tomorrow, and we'll see you next time. Have a good night, everybody.